0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: For podcasting. From the Jet Rose Q Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick.
2: We take care of our own.
1: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon. And Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thank you for spending some of your morning uh, here with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list is basketball heavy. What were we thinking? Uh, Scott Dockham is going to join us at the bottom of this hour. Of course, he covers Iowa. He was in the, the building on Saturday, what would it be, late afternoon or early evening uh, for the win over Penn State. We'll catch up with Doc. He's also been very busy at the athletic Uh, With that, look ahead uh, to depth uh, charts on both sides of the Football for the Football program. So Scott Darkerman will join us at 10.30. Rob Doster, who's uh, a really terrific college basketball mind, field of 68. If you follow that Twitter account, you see Doster on there, him and Jeff Goodman. Uh, I think they have... uh, is it joint ownership from those two? Do you know? Trent? I believe so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Doster lost his gig, uh, and um, <laughs> you know what? He didn't pout. He came up with an idea, and him and Jeff Goodman uh, put it together. Steve Prom is on there. There's a whole bunch of coaches that are between jobs.
0: Archie Miller, Sean Archie, Miller, both of the Millers.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do a good job on that. Um, so it's a, it's a it's a great. Twitter count if you're looking for a college basketball follow from a national perspective. Doster at 11.05 and then uh, Nick Olson covers Iowa State for 24-7 sports CycloneAlert.com. He will join us about eleven thirty, eleven twenty five, somewhere in there Uh, Circus Sports has Trent's play of the day before we get out of here at noon. So that's what you will hear uh, for the next couple of hours.
0: So we're going to start with what? The Australian Open? Well, you want to start there, Trent. That was on Mm -hmm. my list. Either start there or recap
1: the divisional round, which will go down as the greatest weekend in the history of the Let's go with that. Probably a good idea to do so, right? Play the hits. That's what I was always told. And that is clearly the hit of the weekend. I I mean, I don't know where to start. Right. I mean, the the Bengals-Titans game, which at the time felt, wow, what a hell of a finish. Mm-hmm. It's so far down the list. Fourth on the list, probably. Fourth on the list, for sure. I mean, even the Packers and the Niners, uh, probably third on the list. And, and then the trickle down that will come from that. We, we thought, at least I thought for a while yesterday, that we were going to be witnessing maybe the second biggest collapse, other than the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when the Buccaneers came back and tied that football game, in, and then Bulls calls a full out blitz, cover zero, and Stafford throws the ball up in the air, and, and you know Cooper Cup's going to drop that one. But Trent, as good as all that stuff was, we got to the fi- the finale, and my good God, the the final two minutes of that football game. I mean, but this might have been the greatest game ever, and I know the latest is always the greatest, mm-hmm. and it's hyperbolic. I don't know what would be if this isn't the greatest
0: game I've ever seen. It's there. It's for sure there. This will be remembered. Now, it doesn't have the moniker. It doesn't have the Kellen Winslow game. And that's the second best to me. Can I I stop you there for a second? I'm glad you brought that
1: up. This is January 1982. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the Chargers and it was Kellen Winslow being helped off the field and fouts against the Dolphins, a game that went to overtime with a bunch of missed field goals. And the Chargers had a huge lead and the Dolphins came back. That was an incredible finish. That would have been, and it's only for 50-plus. I think Murray, you have yeah. to be 50-plus to I'm 41 it. and have no reference y- you're point wrong, right? outside of NFL films. Right. Um, but the thing is, with that one, obviously, there's no HD. There's like four cameras in the building If we would have had You know the technology in 82 Like we had in 22 Mm -hmm. That's a 40 year span by the way um, We would have remembered that one more vividly But you know what As good as it was And I remember it being a classic This one last night I mean this final two minutes Patrick Mahomes threw for 177 yards From the two minute warning on Unthinkable It's incredible Every touchdown was for the lead Back and forth and back and forth. And if you're a Bills fan, you're sick. Yeah. You're sick
0: to your stomach. You had a chance. You mm-hmm. had so many opportunities in this yep. game. Squib, squib the kickoff, would you please? So were they nervous about Tyreek Hill after what he'd done in the punt return? That movie? has to be it. Yeah. That, that has I mean, to be it. And it's pretty easy to justify, but I'm with you. Or, or even kick the ball with some, put some air under the ball. That's the way that I would have done it. Now, you're not, the clock doesn't start until somebody touches it. So Correct. if you squib it. You have to squib it correctly. Mm-hmm. It was cold. Mm-hmm. How and conceivably, you? he could have taken a knee and given himself up, right. and it would yep. have been the same as taking one in the end zone. And if one of the up guys gets it, and he gets it at and the he panics. 35, yeah. and just goes down right away and gets himself down, then yeah. they get an extra 10 yards, and then we're saying, what are you doing giving him a short field in that situation? I understood it. I didn't like it mm-hmm. because the seconds, the 13 seconds, were so valuable. And it got, got worse, Trent. It got worse. They have all three timeouts Kansas mm-hmm. City does hmm So this is not the normal drill that you see late in a game nope, where... hair on fire. ...got to be on the sidelines. Yep. There's the only way to do it or game's over. Right. It's not the case that's because... that's
1: where Leslie Fraser positioned his defense. He had him in a deep shell mm-hmm. and was playing the boundaries.
0: Why? They have three timeouts. Exactly. This is not your normal drill that you go through. Mm-hmm. You have to adjust. Now, don't adjust like we saw what happened with Tampa and go cover zero. You don't want to do that with Tyreek Hill on the other side, but... Just a a questionable game plan, Mm -hmm. and Bucker comes out there. And Bucker on extra points, I think every Chiefs fan holds your breath every single time. We missed one yesterday. But if it's a 50-yarder, yeah, yeah, we're good. Those are the Uh, kicks that he is just absolutely fine. And then the coin flip. And it comes down to that. Josh Allen made a horrible (laughs) error. His worst mistake
1: of the day. That was his only mistake of the day, was calling heads. And you just knew at that point. And look at... Tails never fails. Come on, Josh. I like that. Um it happened to the Chiefs 3 years ago. That ex- this exact scenario. Mm-hmm. Brady got the ball. Brady won the coin toss. What yep. happened? Clubbed. The Chiefs go into the off season, go to the winter meetings, the league meetings where they set uh, where they uh, discuss new rules. They put a change in overtime on the table. There was no interest in even debating it. Mm-hmm. None. I think the Bills would like to change their mind and Go back and talk. I mean, you know what? Maybe we should have talked about that. But look, the rules are the rules.
0: What can you you do to make it? You know, I don't know. Because, Uh, all right, we're going to play a full quarter, another 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. And then what? Right, if it's still tied. And Uh, then you just go down now the route, then it becomes sudden death after that. Yeah. You get to a point where, well, you just go penalty kicks? Nobody wants to see that. No. Nope. This is, there's no perfect system. There just isn't. Nope. This is as perfect as it can be. I heard, uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast this morning, and this was an article he talked about from years ago from a Boston-based writer. As New England lost a lot of games back in like the 80s, early 90s, in overtime. And at the time, we know the overtime rule is what they were, but... The idea was if a team goes down and scores a touchdown, Mm -hmm. you get that many plays to try to tie it back. Oh, so if they score in four plays, you've got four plays to score. Or you have to do it in less, you have to do it in three, whatever it is. Team does it in 12 plays, you got 11. I kind of liked it. Mm -hmm. It's different. Yeah. And it's probably better than what we have. But we know the rules going in, yeah, right? Right. No, you do. And, and Josh Allen didn't get a touch of the football. But and that's you know, to his
1: credit, and it must have been very difficult, he didn't pitch. No. Nope. He didn't pitch after the game. The one that I heard, um, and this might have been from a couple of years ago, was instead of making it a coin flip, the, the coin flip at the beginning of the football game determines everything. So the team that wins the flip can take the ball, mm-hmm. knowing if the game gets to overtime, they get the ball first. Or they can defer to the second half, so then the team that lost the coin flip, that got the ball to begin the football game, also now gets the ball to begin overtime. I mean, the chances of overtime, eh, not, it's not going to happen much, right? right? So you, you kick the ball, you either go out for the, uh, the pregame coin toss, you win the toss, you got to think to yourself, do we want the ball first? And then if we get to overtime, we get the ball first then, or we do want to defer... Because if we have the ball at the end of the first half, we get it to begin the second half, and as Tom Brady and everybody will tell you that's the most important at the middle of the game is the most important mm-hmm. minutes on the clock. So you have to think to yourself, you know, if overtime comes into play, dot dot dot, I don't know. That's don't not know. a bad one. It's I I think that we're going to have this conversation. Right. As opposed to 2019. Trent, the game was I, mean, I can't it was amazing. It was. I'm out of I'm out of ways to describe it. It was an incredible weekend from the start to the end. How big was Fred Warner uh, causing the fumble when it looked as though the Packers were about to go up 14 nothing. Right. Right? And that game for all intents and purposes at that point, Jimmy G's not coming back.
0: For no, that. no. With the limitations nah. they had offensively, it, it was going to be over. And Rodgers in that opening drive comes down, marched down the field, Dylan in the bang, end zone. Boom.
1: Here we go. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And And they get a stop, and they're moving down the field again, and Warner, who what Mercedes Lewis, he he punched the ball out of his hands. San Francisco gets the ball. Green Bay never scored again. It was just a huge moment. The day before, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times,
0: and his team won the game. I was uh, looking at some props. Did a lot of First touchdown, anytime touchdown. I did not have... Did you hit to- one of your bet,
1: Rivers? I saw I all did, your tickets, yeah. did you? Yeah,
0: yeah move, moving on up. Up to 325 in the contest with a couple of pending bets. With both uh, futures on the 49ers and Rams to win the Super Bowl. Feeling good. That means i got to bet on the Chiefs, right, too? May as well cover your bases. Yeah. Try some m- coverage. Yeah, yeah, at least get that one. But I did not have Hufanga... To have the only touchdown <laughs> of the game for San Francisco, that was not on the list. I don't think he was listed Ugh. as one of the player props. Special bet on.
1: teams for the Packers, Trent. The missed field goal at the end of the first half would cross, not miss, block field goal at the end of the first half. When Rogers got the ball back and gets them down the field and puts them in position to kick a field goal at the end of the first half blocked the punt blocked. And then on the game winning field goal and you only have 10 guys, would it have made a difference? Who knows? Probably not. Probably not. But it just exacerbated how pathetic your special teams have been all year. And it's not the first time it's cost them.
0: So, Aaron Rodgers, he's got another excuse, and he'll use it because that's the kind of person he is. It's everybody else's fault. It's not his. Yeah, He doesn't like to take accountability. He right. likes to place it on other people. And it's not the kind of human being that I like, and he also wears the green and gold <laughs> that also kind of pushes it in that level for me. So he's got an excuse. In the past, it was the defense not showing up. Plenty of games where they put enough points up offensively, mm-hmm. and the defense didn't help out. Now it's special teams. That's where you're going. Yeah. Where does Green Bay go? Where do Packer fans go? We don't know what his future is. We don't know if he is going to demand a trade, how that's going to go. Are Packer fans in the back of their mind, though, Yeah. for it? Yeah. He's great. He's a great player. He's incredibly talented. They've had a 30-year run. 30 years of great quarterback <laughs> great play. Great quarterback. Of Hall of Fame, first ballot quarterback play. And Love's probably not the guy, but regardless of no. that. You have an organization that's going to be in salary cap hell. They're 40,000 over the cap, north of 40,000, 40 million over the cap. Them and the Saints are the two worst going into the offseason as it pertains to that. Do you think there are Packer fans that are just ready to move on, mm-hmm. ready to see what's behind door number two, mm-hmm. and just go into the future because these playoff losses and they continue to pile up, and it's been now a decade of these kind of games. Aaron Rodgers is great, but he does it against a crappy division. And when yeah, it gets fair to nut cutting time, mm-hmm. he hasn't been good enough. Mm-hmm. The teams have not been good enough, and couple that with the other part. Yeah, he's a pain. He is. He's he's got a little prima donna in him. <laughs> a little, but you who's know who's got what? a lot? My, if he's got a little, <laughs>
1: yeah, really. Um, he's a hell of a player. Yes. AJ Dillon getting hurt—that was a blow, I thought, uh-huh. to that running game when he couldn't answer the bell. Debo Samuel, my God, how gifted is this player? <laughs> How gifted is he? Has
0: there ever been a player quite like this? You think of running backs you know, that were... Yeah, you probably have to go way back and when yeah. the game was different. I don't know. On a local front? I mean, this was what Ronnie Harmon was, more of a running back. Remember, he started his career mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. And for a long time, he had the NFL record for most receptions for running back. Now, that's, But that was a different level. He was a nice NFL right. player. Debo Samuel, Ugh. the way that he is built and what they've done now over the last two months is using him as a running back. Yep. He's a unicorn. I mean, there is? there isn't a guy like that. You want to tackle him? <laughs> no. And then, one of the weirdest things, oh, so he makes that big play on third and seven. He gets the first down. And as he's hobbling off the field, it's not hobbling. He's jumping yeah, on one right, foot right. all the way back. Yeah. Get out right now. So you're sitting in your office. I can do that across the room, right? And try to do it for five steps. Yeah. And he does it across the length of a sideline, just all the way over on one foot. Mm-hmm. A ridiculous athlete. And then Robbie Gold. No, oh, who's no. And you see, I thought
1: that the, because there's 19 for 19, he's never missed in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Here comes the Jinx. Here we go. Yep. And no, no, no. Um, George Kittle's first catch of the game. That was the first, first down of the game. How about the drop? The Early. drop was horrible. He I mean, wasn't the only one, but boy, did he make up for that. I don't know how he contorted his body and got both feet down somehow to stay in bounds. Just a remarkable catch. This isn't even the best game of the week. No. <laughs> this might be the third best game of the week. Because then we got the Sunday, and we got to last night, and watching those two... Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Are we in for a treat as football fans? And throw Herbert into the mix. Mm-hmm. And some of the
0: other... How about Joe, Burrow?
1: And Joe Burrow. Your
0: number 2. Your number 1 ends early because of an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. He comes back this year with a team that was 25-1 to just to win their own division. Mm-hmm. Does that. In a four-team division, 25-1. to Think about that. Wins a playoff game for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. Wins a road playoff game for the first time in franchise history mm-hmm. and now has the team for the first time since the 88 season and the AFC championship mm-hmm. game. And he's got more coming because they're going to build that offensive line and to. he's already got the receivers yeah. and he's got a tight end mm-hmm. and he's got a running back. Mm-hmm. This team is built. And he's got a head coach. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, everyone assumes if he goes, they would trade him to the AFC. You don't want to go to the AFC. No. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for years. Growing up as an '80s kid, it was the joke. Yeah, get to the Super Bowl right. and it's the Cowboys and the Niners. It's a foregone conclusion, right? Absolutely. And the great Washington teams, and mm-hmm. starting with the Bears, and on and on and on. The domination of the NFC. Are we heading to a point where the worm is going to turn? That we're going to be changing because of the depth mm. of the AFC? That that's the varsity, and the NFC is becoming the JV. Wow, interesting take. Because never- you mentioned those quarterbacks. Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Sadly. He's, he's got a 12-year deal. Right. He's there. Right. Allen, what a great coup they had yep. signing him to the deal that they have. He's not going anywhere. Nope. Herbert? Locked in. Burrow. Burrow locked in. There's yeah. four. But now you didn't even mention Drew Locke. I, I didn't get to him. He's a little <laughs> bit further down my list. Just a tad, yeah. <laughs> right. And Aaron Rodgers says, I'm going to go to Oakland. Or mm. Not Oakland. Las Vegas. I'm going to go to Denver. I'm, wherever it is. Go up against against those behemoths Uh or go to Atlanta. Go to a place like that. Go to New Orleans. Sean Payton's going to stick around. Mm -hmm. The Packers are certainly more willing to make a move, you would think, in the AFC. But Rodgers, he likes to stamp his feet and pout and whine. He might be wanting to stay in the NFC. Mm Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. It's it's
1: a great point. Who's the best young quarterback in the? Is the best young quarterback in the NFC?
0: Kyler Murray, Dak
1: Prescott. Yeah,
0: and, and how old's Dak now?
1: Oh, he's got to be in his mid twenties, right? Uh, I would think he's got to be mid twenties at this I, point. I was thinking, 25? four,
0: twenty five. Let's see,
1: Dak. He's twenty eight. Is he that old? He's twenty eight. Um, Fields. Do you think he gets to that level?
0: We've got to see a lot more Jalen Hurts. Right? No, I don't think so. Garoppolo's
1: <laughs> old. Trey Lance. Anybody excited about him? If you're a Niner fan, yeah, let's just run it back with Garoppolo. It's the it's an excellent point, Trent. The AFC is kind of is about if they if they aren't there yet, about to establish their might, and maybe they're already there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, this, this uh, Chiefs are, are hosting the AFC
0: Championship game for the fourth straight year. And the Super Bowl of two years ago, there are still people, and they're mostly people that like to rankle, the people on Twitter that just like to rile people up in social media and the like, that'll say, yeah, that was a COVID championship. Yeah. I get it, but there are those people out there. Any of those doubters, though, you win your second in three years, you do it in a quote unquote normal year, Yeah, those whispers can be no more. Mahomes, they are the betting favorite right now, and pretty significant. Well, who's going to beat them? And I I I hate to say it, the
1: Rams. That's the only team, right? The only I, team? I think the Rams will beat the Niners. I do. How many times have they? Uh, is it five or six? I think it's six straight. now. Is it six straight? Yeah. I mean, that's remarkable that that's happened. And let's not forget, the Niners needed to win that football game mm-hmm. in week eighteen to even get to the playoffs. Just to get here. Just to get here, and they go and they march into the scene of this week's game so far. And win the game, and now have got out of the wild card weekend and won the divisional round, and here they are again, about to face their nemesis, the L.A. Rams. I like the I like both favorites. I hate to say it. I really <laughs> who, who, do. you? No, I do. I hate I I I like both favorites. I
0: Did like this, the Niners and the points. Do you?
1: Yeah. What is it? Three or four? Three and a half. Three and a half. And the and the Bengals are
0: grabbing a touchdown. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's gonna be a shootout. It is fifty-four. Got to take a peek at that Kansas City weather. What that's gonna be next Sunday. So the um, the the last game was the only game that went over the total, right? Didn't, yeah. They, well, and it was trending that it wasn't. It going certainly to, was for, for a longest long time. time. Yeah. Until of course we get to the last the well, greatest two minutes in football history. It, it is. It it is. If you don't want to say it was the greatest game, and you make your argument, give us about, those two minutes. Give then. us those two minutes. Right. That was the best two minutes in football. And if history. you don't think it's the greatest
1: game. I want to know what you think is the greatest game. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm not going to argue. Well, maybe I will. But, I mean, again, Chargers-Dolphins in 82 for me, that's 40 years ago. Right. We're still getting up to change
0: the channel. No clickers. (laughs) Get up and turn the old dial. Right. Click, click, click. Uh, But you know what? As I think back, and I I, I
1: watch TV now from, like, highlights from even, even, like, 2010 yeah how the hell did we watch that oh yeah but it seemed clear as a bell back then right that's how we got used to it but like i mentioned if we had that the chargers and the dolphins with the technology we have today and more than four cameras in the building this would be a vivid memory but man oh man this last night these two kids Allen and mahomes were we entertained not going to find anything better. You're not. You're not going to find anything better. All right, real quick on the hoops. Oh, they play basketball this they, weekend? They did. And we like to we, uh, we talk about the needle movers because they butter our bread. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the best game of the week of, of Saturday was the
0: Valley game. Oh, I don't think it was even close. Yeah. Another I mean, collapse from you and I. Another collapse from you and I. Kind of Give becoming, the dogs credit, too, though. Kind of becoming a part of their mm-hmm. DNA. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that basketball program and giving up late leads, that was... An ugly one. You're up ten. Couple minutes to go. That's just it. Put it away. And, and then you get the overtime, and you got four of the dogs. And mm-hmm. we're talking about four starters
1: with our three starters, three or four, three of them, I think, mm-hmm. had four fouls.
0: Couldn't follow them out. Couldn't follow them out. And it wasn't. It was just one of those games where outside of AJ, who was not great late in the game, AJ Green struggled, uh-huh. yep. forcing things, trying mm-hmm. to get his shot. Well, Carter was. The, I mean, Carter had an awful game. Right. He just couldn't. He struggled to shoot the basketball. There guy. just wasn't a whole lot of help there, uh-huh. and. There was a time with Fife. He just, right now, just can't give him many mm-hmm. minutes. If he gets to the point by March that he can play 25 minutes a game, you and I can win the NBC tournament. Yes. I hope we see this game again in the MVC, on Sunday in the NBC tournament. would be great. Noon CBS. Born likely 2-3 matchup, though, in the Man. semifinals. Oh, is that right? And the winner gets Loyola. That's the way it's trending. But Missouri State goes on the they road. They clobbered them. They did. Beat Loyola and yeah. beat them bad. And in terms of pure talent, Missouri State. Oh, you said that since yeah, September. I really, September. I really like that team. They're certainly inconsistent, time in and time out, but they got a ton of talent on that team. Going to be a fun run, mm-hmm. but for Drake to come back down double digits, never give up, keep fighting, keep grinding. That's an impressive victory, and to do it on the road in a charged up atmosphere, really fun atmosphere in, in the McLeod Center too. It was loud. It really showed up on TV. That was a fun one. We'll get a return trip here coming up. Yeah. Back in Des Moines in a couple of weeks, right? A couple of weeks, yeah. We'll right. get to see that one again. So looking forward to that. That was you're right, the best game. Uh, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's Iowa State's lack of offense. Quite frankly,
1: Trent, it was. I mean, Calcio um, hit his only basket with 33 seconds left in the game. Is it? That's that's when he hit it. That was his only. That was his only make, mm-hmm. and he and he shot it ten times. Um, And he wasn't even close. I mean, early in the basketball game, you know, this kid doesn't have a chance. I don't get the—Enaruna must be hurt. And if you saw the bench, what's that machine? It's kind of—it's a massaging machine. It's almost like the size of a drill. Okay. that has got a—I don't know how to describe this and stay off of what is um, AED put together, unnecessary censorship. (laughs) Okay. I, I don't know how to describe what the machine is. And not make that show Okay It's like a pulsating Vibrator type of thing You can see him on the bench Working on He does it himself It's not that like a trainer does it Mm -hmm. Um, And it's I don't know it's a vibrating thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, and, and that has to be why his minutes are so limited. Because mm-hmm. he because he didn't play much in the game before, and, and then um, and and came back and played eleven minutes in that game. I don't know if he would have made a difference or not. TCU for just, this just in, mm-hmm. they're decent. Yeah. and the conference overall, friend. There's no nights off. I know it's cliche to say it, and usually when people say it, there's a couple of nights off.
0: <laughs> but there's really no there's nights not, off. On no. Oklahoma State, solid. Yes, K State. Look what had K-State's had doing. Had Kansas beat. They did. Yeah, Kansas. Went down to Texas last mm-hmm. week and got a victory down there. Right. Texas Tech did the, the game before that. This is a conference 10 deep. And the question is, what still needs to be done to become an NCAA tournament team? For, for Iowa State? For Iowa State. I didn't even think we'd have this discussion at all because I thought that
1: they were home free. Right. Trent, I hate the way this offense is playing right mm-hmm. now. They still guard you. you got to give them credit for that. But who's going to be the guy Would. Because Brockington
0: can't lead your team night in and night out, can he? He's so good in the mid-range. That mid-range jumper something, that's a dying art. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. He gets great elevation. It's a lefty shot, which always seems a little prettier. But isn't he going to have a night or two off? Right. And he goes 3 of 13. Who else is there? That's just it. Kalsher's not the guy. No, Caleb Grill's not the guy either. Jazz Koontz, do you go that direction? But he was not good on Saturday. Koontz Kuntz is struggling with this. They all are. And that corner three that was so pure, uh-huh. just a little bit off from right. him, just on and on and on. There's not another direction you can go, though. There's no nope. There's nothing waiting behind another door that you can just say, oh, let's let's try this young guy. There mm-hmm. are young guys. Nobody's injured and coming back. Right. Tyrus Harner's not shooting the ball well. Uh-uh. And that was the concern with him coming in. As though he was a top 50 player, the reason he wasn't a top 20 player, could he shoot it? Right, He hasn't shown that ability, nope. He's shooting 20% from three on the season. It's a big question.
1: I still think they're a tournament team. They've still got the quad one wins in their hip pocket. And that's huge.
0: Right. And whatever they pile up the rest of the way are also going yeah, to be they're a good They're going
1: interest. to win more basketball games. We're not saying that, this, right. that, that, <laughs> by, that they're not going to get means. to the win
0: total of two and a yes. half. Yes.
1: That that four five six seed that looked as though you know you just tread water and
0: you're going to be fine mm-hmm. and that's where you're, this team struggles to score. Got to beat Mizzou over the weekend. Mm-hmm. If you get to seven and eleven, including a win against Mizzou, you're probably okay. Now in that scenario, in that conference, you're going to the eight nine game mm-hmm. because Oklahoma yeah. State again will not be there. Nope. There will only be nine teams at the conference tournament and the two lowest teams out of that group will play in the only game on that opening Wednesday, the 8-9 game. As good as they are, Trent, they might be in that. And they're probably going to have to win that game at 7-11 and 11 to solidify themselves in the tournament. Mm-hmm. The resume's really good. And also, when you're doing this and going through, as of last week, the brackets had Minnesota as an NCAA tournament team. You've seen that go for you. Based game. on the start. Right. Yeah. They're not good. No. And you look at the bubble teams right now. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of slug. And by the end of the season, those teams that are fighting on the bubble are not going to have the resume that Iowa State's already put together. Right. Again, when we add another four or five victories to what they have right now. They're going to be okay to get to that point. But the hopes of you know, being in the top half of the bracket, being a you know, top four seed, that's off the table. Mm-hmm. That's not happening with this group. Now it's... Find right
1: matchup. I, match I, I want to see where they finish in conference play. Where will they be? Might they play? I can't see that. I mean, I guess they could. Uh, uh, as of today, they would, right? Probably play Kansas State.
0: In the 8-9 game. Day. And maybe for the NCAA tournament bid. You would have said this <laughs> at 13-0? I no? stakes on that? It's, it's right. Would have thought it's un- impossible. Right. But it's a real conversation it, it, and it's because it is. of the offensive liability. The lack of they just cannot make a shot to save their lives.
1: Calcher, maybe every th- four or five games gonna have a good shooting day. Likewise, Caleb Grill, uh, you can't count on him. No. He, he's not the guy that you look to. I mean, he's had he had so many open looks. He didn't make a three, I don't think. No. I don't think he did. Um like you say, Hunter, Hunter's a great player, don't get yes, me but when, in Brockington, there has to be an off night coming up for this kid. Yeah. I mean, good God, he's he's fun to watch. We'll take a timeout. We'll get to Iowa next because Scott Dockerman is going to join us from the Athletic. And he was at Carver. He was in the building. We will get to him. We'll talk about the uh, football, if there's any news percolating there. As we take you until noon, Rob Doster will go around college basketball from a national perspective at 11.05. Nick Oson on Iowa State about 11.30. Right now it's time for another... I don't have the keywords. Keywords. I got them right here for you. Uh, Well, let me read this and you can tell us what it is. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to com. Once you get there, enter the keyword... Happy happy at kxno.com 1030 Scott Dockerman next Miller and Condon underway on a Monday Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 local cool sports now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM here's Ken and Trent hi Miller and Condon welcome back Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you right up until noon. Scott Dockerman writes for The Athletic. Oh, let's recap I We got so much in the first uh, half hour of the show, Doc. We didn't even touch on the Hawks win over Penn State. Want to pick your brain on, on your way too early depth charts, but nonetheless certainly very popular to see. How are you, Scott Dockerman? <laughs>
2: I'm doing well and it really does it wouldn't surprise me at all if you didn't even mention the Hawkeyes <laughs> after yesterday's flip NFL game. Wasn't that was incredible? The single day, yeah, the greatest single day I can ever remember in the NFL. Right. I mean, the only one that touches it for me was in 1972 when he had the immaculate reception mm-hmm. followed by Staubach leading the Cowboys from 17 down or 15 down in the fourth quarter to win by, by two. It was just, uh, nothing That's else a good one. Close. 50 years ago <laughs> yeah
1: see I came up with one forty years ago doc and you'd remember it's uh the Dolphins and the Chargers Kellen Winslow being carried off the field
2: that was an awesome game and I remember it well uh I, I remember watching it on a black and white tv in my bedroom <laughs> nice and I got to actually go to the big tv for the second half it was so after the <laughs> hook and ladder but uh I, I'll say this that each either one of those games yesterday was the equivalent of of that one and I would say the Chiefs bills yeah. and I've been watching the NFL religiously for 40 plus years it was the greatest game I've seen I, on TV and that's you. really not even recently by it. nope so.
1: yeah the latest is always the greatest right but um yeah that's uh it deserves it
0: so you covered the Kansas City Chiefs for a number of years early in your career doc seeing this organization what they have become and doing it with Patrick Mahomes when you're covering the team they had some nice teams but not certainly at the level that we're seeing right now. God, I miss those days <laughs> <laughs> covering it and going through. And you know, I look at the team that I root for, and I know you do, the Chicago Bears. Hopeful that maybe just someday yeah, other organizations can have the breakthrough that we're seeing out of Kansas City.
2: Well, I the, the Bears' problem starts at the quarterback, and hopefully, Justin Fields is the guy. They haven't had a quarterback start a Pro Bowl since said luck been in 1942 and that's when <laughs> the champion played the all-star team from everybody else that that's was only years. about two weeks about two weeks after world war uh two-star with for uh, the yes. americans with pearl harbor so uh, the chiefs were when i covered them they, they had an incredible offense maybe as good as they are now certainly not a quarterback but uh but tight end was about equal with tony gonzalez and mm-hmm. he had priest holmes and dante hall and a one of the great offensive lines in NFL history, and yep. uh, a defense that did not match at all, and that was their problem. So uh, it's it's been good. I mean, I have a lot of friends. I lived there for six plus years in that market, and it just it's kind of almost like the Viking fan base, um, just like when it, okay, go ahead and just kick me really hard in the stomach and get it over with, because <laughs> you know it's going to happen. And uh, so the Vikings are in that kind of same <laughs> realm, and I would say Kirk Cousins is a lot like Trent Green was back then.
1: Yeah, they had some dudes. Those I mean, Priest Holmes and Dante Hall was you know Tyree Kill before Tyree Kill became that guy, and mm-hmm. Tony Gonzalez, one of the greatest tight ends uh, to ever play the game. Yeah, they had some dudes, but this was unbelievable. Well, Doc, let's get to Uric uh, uh, Carver over the weekend, witnessing Penn State and Iowa, and Iowa pulls away to win convincingly. Uh, you know what? It was a game that uh, really Keegan Murray struggled, certainly to make his threes. Uh, it wasn't one of his better games, which was kind of good to see, Doc, that there were some you know, some guys that stepped up when, when Keegan's not putting up 25-30 points. Uh, that ne- perhaps he doesn't necessarily have to do that game in and game out, and Iowa can put one in the win column. For that reason, it was good to see.
2: Yeah, it was an important win, especially in the second half, because they'd gone through three straight halves of really nothingness on offense i mean the rutgers game for all of its horrific ending it was still um the offensive display wasn't present at all it was lick esque and then the first half was not very good either here i mean when they when they scored 30 points but it just didn't feel like they had any kind of rhythm or whatever and, and yeah keegan murray struggled from three struggled from the field i mean 15 points but you're accustomed to seeing him get it 23 or so so easily that i think it was really important to see jordan bohannon for instance get and hit you know three threes and see chris murray come off the bench and and be able to really ignite the team and and uh, but you know the most important part of that game came at, at on rebounding i mean they were yeah, devastated the in the second half, half yep. 22 to six yeah and then they came back to win the rebounding battle you know 37 34 that was really impressive
0: Good work out of Rebracha in the limited minutes that he had. He's been rebounding the ball. Much better here, understanding, I think, the physicality that's needed just to get those boards in the Big Ten. And then you mentioned Keegan Murray, but we got to talk about Chris. feels like there's more minutes that are needed out of him. I said it last week. In order for this team to maybe hit its highest level, I think that Chris Murray has to be their second-best player. Is that hyperbole? Yeah,
2: I think it is now. I don't think that he's that far off. But I, I think he's still probably a year away. He and his brother are kind of staggered by a year in their the basketball development. I think Patrick McCaffrey is the one that needs to be that mm. second best player because I think he, in transition he's he's you know obviously he's tall he's athletic he can do so many different things he can also shoot the three which makes him a weapon. So I really think that um, you need you know Patrick McCaffrey uh, to be the number two. But I think off the bench certainly. From a scoring perspective, uh, Chris Murray brings that, and I think he brings a little defense too. Uh, you know, what, one thing I would like to see more of for them is either a little more consistency and a few more minutes for Joe Toussaint. Because sometimes he, he comes in, he affects the game, you know, his plus minus is pretty high, he goes, he leaves, and then he sits on the bench for a while, he makes a mistake, and he goes back to the bench. I think they need to just kind of let him make work through those mistakes and say, okay, we're going to play you 25 at a minimum because I think he's more of a game-changer than the rest of the players in the backcourt uh, when he's in the game. So if if they can do that, that's one thing I would impress upon them. But otherwise, I mean, the season's going about as far as I expected, and they just need to make sure they get that second thir- secondary and, and third-level scores uh, to be consistent along with uh, Keegan Murray.
1: You know who I thought had a good game, Doc, and he, he didn't fill it up defensively, but he was active on the offensive. Gl- Tony Perkins, I thought, maybe he had a uh... – one of his better games. Didn't play a ton of minutes, but when he was on the floor, he's very productive.
2: Yeah, he was. He's he's a good defender, and he's an aggressive rebounder, and he he looks for a shot, which I think is really good for somebody like that. Now he wasn't, as you said, he wasn't all that awesome offensively. He's two for seven, missed all of his threes. But you know, getting those those three offensive rebounds, and uh, I think was really critical. You know, in that juncture, and I think it was really important for the game. So. Uh, you know, scoring four and four, you know, getting four rebounds to go along with four points. I think that's a, that's not a bad stat line for him. And, and I think he's another one that he just he's he's a tough-minded kid. And sometimes teams just need that. This team needs it, and certainly five six years ago they could have really used a Tony Perkins. So I, I think his bulldog mentality has really been useful for this team.
0: Coming up this week, it is a Thursday date with Purdue. Plenty of good seats available for that one inside of Carver. Hmm. Another late tip-off, 8 o'clock over there. Jaden Ivey, he's a little bit banged up for Purdue. Of course, Iowa came back minus Keegan Murray in that first matchup and made a game late against the Boilermakers. Look at the matchup here, and have you heard anything about Ivey and his availability coming up this week?
2: I have not, and that's usually something Matt Painter probably won't talk about more in the next mm-hmm. couple of days, and he's pretty open about stuff like that. So, my, you know, so it, we're still a few days away, but, but, you know, this, this is an important game, but I don't think it's one of those games where you circle and say must win. I think Penn State might have been that game because with Purdue, you're looking at them as, as one of the best teams in, in, certainly in the Big Ten, even though, you know, they've got a five and three record, they're a game and a half out, but, you know, they're leading in net, and they're 16 and three, and God, I, I mean, I don't even know what the streak is now against Iowa, but it, it's the Iowa is all, has struggled against Purdue, even when Purdue was average. And when they're this good, they just have a, a, a way about them that makes it difficult, especially uh, in the interior and the physical play that they hit. And, and so I think this is an important game to play well for Iowa. And as you mentioned, another 8 o'clock start. It was good to see a Saturday afternoon game sure in was. Harvard. Uh, ho- hopefully we get another one next year, maybe <laughs> two years down the road or something but uh, but yeah, I think this is this is a big game, no question for Iowa and their confidence uh, because but I think the more critical ones are the opponents that they're supposed to be at Penn State next monday when they when they play Minnesota at home, they go to Maryland, they play Nebraska twice, they play Northwestern down the road. Those are the games that are critical that they need to win. I think a Purdue is a game just to play well in.
1: You know, Doc. I was going to switch to football, but I'm glad you brought up the schedule because I know I think it was you that uh, planted the seed with Fran McCaffrey. And it was, he wasn't complaining, and you made that very clear on Twitter that this wasn't, you know, the head coach uh, whining. Uh, but it's it's a valid point. I mean, it it does seem like there is a competitive disadvantage when you don't have those home games in the middle of the afternoon, middle of the day on on a weekend, uh, when seemingly uh, other schools have a disproportionate number when it com- uh, compares to what I was got this year
2: it is it's a it's a there's a significant disproportionate amount and and this year i mean when you see you know purdue for instance uh when you look at weekend games and i count friday nights as that and now i mean they had they have eight scheduled hmm. you know wisconsin and, and michigan state have seven iowa and northwestern have three and when you're looking at a, a place like iowa which is somewhat like penn state i would say is uh you know it's its own little market but i think there there are fans that like the, the des moines market if you got an eight o'clock tip on a Thursday, you're probably taking the day off. If you're coming over here on Friday, or at least taking a half day or whatever, and that's really not what people want to do in the middle of winter. So I think that it's a disadvantage that way. Uh, what what needs to happen because there are so many little pieces that go into this pot of figuring out the schedule is that the coaches and probably administrators need to pr- uh, press upon the Big Ten that they want to see some more balance and have more weekend home games, even if it's Sunday, just simply because you have, um, you know, if you do have a full crowd and it's an engaged crowd, then I think you've got a more competitive advantage to that. And Iowa certainly does. I thought it was, the crowd was really good the other day. I know people argued with me on Twitter and said they couldn't tell on TV, you know, when they're watching it on TV, but Hey, I was there and I can tell you it was good. So (laughs) Wah, wah, you know, so <laughs> I think uh, but but I do think that, you know, that that should be part of the scheduling principles going forward. If the coaches press them on it, sometimes they don't. And then the, the Big Ten does what it needs to do because it still needs to figure out women's basketball schedules, wrestling schedules, hockey, graduations, concerts. They have they mix so many things on those campuses that it's sometimes it's really hard for them to, to balance it all out.
0: Wrap up with Scott Doctor going over to some off-season football conversation, and it's the off-season, so the question comes up again: Why do Iowa quarterbacks regress? And let's hope there's not regression here because regressing Geesh. back from what we saw to Petrus last year, I don't know how much lower it could go.
2: Oh, the re- regression discussion. Um, you know, I, I went through that pretty this pretty heavily on my mailbag, mm-hmm. and it's more coincidence than it is re- regression. In fact. What's interesting is even though the numbers are slightly down for for Petrus, I actually think he played better. He just didn't have Brandon Smith at Amir Smith Bar set, mm. which uh, was impactful. But you know whether they regress or they were better or whatever, it needs to be better. The, the quarterback position needs to be better. Whether it's Spencer Petrus, whether it's Alex Padilla, Joey Labus, whether they bring in a quarterback at the end of spring somebody needs to be better than what they have been because i think that's been a big big difference and and that's why a lot of people even though iowa was 10 and 4 it was what their tenth 10 win season in school history and was pretty impressive that way i i think it, there was a hollow feeling to it, it because is. the offense just didn't play well enough to really get excited about
1: yeah it did feel different there's no doubt about it um Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, great stuff. You know what? I want to uh, save the defense and uh, m- more on this depth chart when we have more time. Uh, perhaps next week. Or we'll look, at, Sadly, it's a long offseason. We will get to it. <laughs> Doc, thank you for doing this for us. As always, Scott Dockerman, anything coming up uh, at The Athletic this week you'd like to highlight before we let you go?
2: Oh, well, I think uh, we got some big events this week, and right now Iowa Penn State wrestling uh, could, could be the equal of its football uh, counterpart, so... I, I'm going to actually look at into that, and then I have a few other stories I'm working on, but nothing really I can mention because they may fall through between now and the day I, I hope to have it published.
1: Good stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Have a great week. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Good to talk to you. Scott Docterman, uh from The Athletic as we catch up with Doc. We will finish out our number one, start with Rob Doster in the second hour of the program. He covers college basketball, the field of 68, Miller & Condon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Welcome back. 1055, 5 before 11, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3, KXNO, Trent Condon, and Ken Miller uh, with you here as we talk sports with you, Rob Doster kicks off our number two go around college basketball from a national perspective. Nick Olson on Iowa State coming up here at about eleven thirty. So, Trent, we both love sports wagering, and mm-hmm. I think a number of folks that listen to us are inclined <laughs> to dabble. Uh, I saw a piece over the weekend uh, because normally race books, or race books, sports books are f- feverishly trying to get their future odds out for next year Mm -hmm. you have to have them up remember there used to be a time you had to go to vegas to bet on well legally you didn't no no um but and you're not alone but um you'd have to have them up for conference championship because there'd be a lot of people in town Mm -hmm. and you you want you want that action and and the question was posed how are you going to do that this year how do you do that? Where where's Aaron Rodgers going to be? Where's Russell Wilson going to be? To a lesser lesser extent, Kurt Cousins. Who's quarterback in the Saints? Who's taking over for the Steelers? Dot dot dot. It's impossible.
0: Well, and you're saying that there's going to be certainly a lot of availability here to get teams at a good price, not knowing. And if you have a hunch, if you feel like you know the destination of whatever quarterback you're talking like in a about. like
1: the guy who bet a boatload on Tampa Bay before right. Tom Brady said he was going. They're gonna got be up there.
0: Rich. But do the limits drop a little bit? They have to. If you're an operator and you normally allow a dime, thousand dollars for you know the first wave, and we're gonna drop it down to five hundred. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, probably not. I think they're probably just gonna go about it like they normally would, but they gotta be quick and they gotta adjust on the fly and be very quickly and take you know Adam Schefter report. We gotta be on top of this. We have to allow you know these things to happen, but knowing that we gotta be quick to react. And they'll move it around. And he got a whole summer to kind of balance mm-hmm. the books, too. That's and, true. And that happens very well. And you make those odds and you adjust them very quickly. And if there is a team that's seen an onslaught of money, say the Steelers, who are going to have a new quarterback. Yeah, Mason Rudolph right now. Right. And somebody has a feeling or maybe even has knowledge that uh-huh. that's going to be a potential destination for, say, Aaron Rodgers. Well, then you have to adjust those odds and probably do it very quickly. You take a couple of max odd bets on a team like that. You're going to be shifting very, very quickly.
1: That's true. So if you have, I mean, if you like a team, uh, then you've got to factor in. Well, you might even like them more if, if indeed your guess and that's what it would be, mm-hmm. that Russell Wilson's going here or Aaron Rodgers is going here. I don't know. Another huge change. And Tom Brady might retire.
0: Yes. And and what's that mean for Tampa and their odds going forward? Is live betting. And I live bet the Bills yesterday. Got him at one point. I think so was, what would the, what would the Chiefs have been with thirteen seconds left? I saw at Fanduel. I think it was they were plus eleven fifty with thirteen seconds really? left to win the game. Holy mackerel! Yes, and well, of course <laughs> they get it done very very quickly. There. This from our friends at Bet Rivers. Drake trailed you and I as we know. Yeah. It was fifty to forty with fifteen minutes left in the game. One better at Bet Rivers put a hundred dollars down at eleven fifty plus eleven fifty. And of course they won. Isn't that something? $100 Live 100 bet. And it returns yeah. twelve fifty back in the account. Boy, that's got to be a good feeling, huh? No, absolutely is. Once it got to overtime, it certainly
1: felt a whole lot better. But uh, Travis Dvorak at Wild Rose, who makes sure that we get all of that stuff, that mm-hmm. info, does a good job uh, providing that. So... Uh, something to watch anyways. College basketball conversation will kick off our number two. Rob Doster from the field of 68 will go around college basketball from a national perspective. Uh, Nick Olson on Iowa State about 1125. Trent's play of the day sponsored by Circus Sports. Before we get out of here at noon, we're Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.